The following audio may contain coarse language and other material that may not be suitable for a younger audience. Viewer discretion is advised. Also, we may spoil anything and everything, so you have been warned. I really regret sometimes that we didn't start this in college and just like go to KRTU studio because I had access to that studio and we could have just all recorded in there. Right. Do you know how easy it would have been to, done to do like a hundred episodes in there? Ugh. That's true. I, right. I would have. Uh, maybe I can maybe I can talk them into it if we go back to college since they just put us in an article in there. They seem somewhat <laughs> proud of us, so it's Some, fine. <laughs> somewhat proud of us. Yeah. 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 I'm just going to start from here, guys. Uh, what uh, what'd you guys think of that Lion King trailer? <laughs> or teaser, I guess all, it's a teaser. All, this is all intro? Oh, my God. Yeah, this it is, is all now. intro. We're, we're this, live. Like, like the film itself, it was a twist. Oh, okay. my God. Yeah, you're a twist. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Twist you right to the moon. Uh, so, so my reaction- Welcome to the Movie Gang Podcast. I'm your host, Jack Newman. Today I'm joined with Peter, Trevor, and Ben, who has been unbelievably ill. How you feeling, Ben? <laughs> Drinking water. I miss real food. I oh. ate all mashed potatoes. Oh, dude, that, I hadn't thought about that. You got the you got the worst kind of bug. What was it? wasn't It wasn't the uh, the 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 turkey virus stuff, was it? No, it was before Thanksgiving. It's some kind of stomach flu. So, oh man. my god, are yeah, you so are you gonna make yourself like a? Yeah, yeah are you gonna made, make yourself like a subsequent uh, turkey or something along those lines? Actually, yes. We bought two turkeys on accident. And because uh, I went to the store, my dad went to the store, and we didn't know who was buying turkey. So my mom told each of us to go buy a turkey. Uh, and I guess a <laughs> Hunger Games esque fight to the death of who got the best turkey. That's um, great. So the other yeah. turkey's got to get cooked. So, but we're gonna we're gonna uh, cut that sucker down the middle. We're gonna butterfly it. We're gonna do something interesting with it. We're gonna make it. Yeah, I uh, I did my. Uh, I highly recommend get some. Uh, go to use the Babish uh, moist maker sandwich turkey recipe. I tried oh, that this year. It was it was really good. good. I saw that. Yeah, yeah I want to. I, yeah. I, I don't. I don't cook at all. But I do. But like watching some of watching well, some of their videos wants me. Want, makes me like. Makes me. Makes me think like you know. I really should, like, need to start. Well, I. He, I he's uh, in my- I, I, Go ahead. I once, when I owned a smoker, I made smoked turkey breast, and it came out unbelievably great, and it tasted so much better and so yeah. much more moist than anything. And I realized we're uh, we have done the turkey a huge disservice because we cook it once a year and we cook it wrong. So yeah. we we yeah. cook it in the worst way possible to make it as dry and not tasty as possible. Yeah, because of yeah. how we want it to look, and then we all think turkey sucks and turkey's great and it's super cheap the rest of the year. Yeah. I, I, I love I love I have to admit I love uh, my key the thing that made me come around to turkey as a meat was just getting like a meat thermometer like the double feet thermometer and putting one in the breast and one in the thigh so you can double measure where things are because like mid cook I just cut off the thighs got done before the breasts and I just I just cut off the thighs and took them out at the right temperature and I thought to myself this is brilliant and, and that was the, this is the first year where I was like because I, I cooked it a whole 10 minutes less than like was recommended on the recipe and i was so happy for it yes so you cook your turkeys you cut in, people yeah yeah this is our and, and let them today. rest let them rest this is a this is a thing also be very careful this year because i, I mean I, I should have included this in the actual thanksgiving post because say, like for a year later <laughs> it's late 
<laughs> it's like somebody's listening to this a year later and uh, I, I don't know or somebody that's like trapped in a time bubble anyways the, the whole the whole bit is that uh, be very careful about your food safety with turkey because uh, there is some real nasty uh, um, I, what's the stuff that's in chicken that people are worried salmonella? about salmonella. Uh, salmonella yeah there's some antibacterial resistant salmonella going around in turkey uh, oh in, and specifically Ew. in the turkey industry over Thanksgiving oh yeah. no so, yeah, that's well, that's bad. good to Anyways. know now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, as everyone's done, yeah, I, yeah, I they're just all gonna go. a bunch of people pitch their leftovers. Yeah, about to say. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is technically a movie review podcast, and this week we're going to be reviewing so, more things because everything came out around Thanksgiving, so we're going to be behind for a couple weeks, but that's fine because we get the opportunity today to rec- to uh, uh, review Widows. I want I want like some other. I know it's bad to me that I want like some other like you know more to this title so that i can be like widows can't get excited about them widows <laughs> yeah i don't know i'm sorry <laughs> it's all about how you say it you gotta be like absolutely i'll, I'll work on it anyways a police shootout leaves four thieves dead during an explosive armed robbery attempt in chicago their, their widows veronica linda alice and bell have nothing in common except a debt left behind by their spouses criminal by their spouses criminal activities hoping to forge a future of their own terms veronica joins forces with the other three women to pull off a heist that her husband was planning uh released november 16 2018 directed by steve mcqueen uh based on uh widows by uh Linda LaPlante and the screenplay was done by Steve McQueen and Gillian Flynn. Uh, of course, I believe the uh, cinematographer was Sean Bobbitt, music by Hans Zimmer, starring Viola Davis, Michelle Rodriguez, Elizabeth Debicki, Cynthia Evrio, oh, Cynthia Erivo, Erivo, yeah, Colin Farrell, uh, Brian Tyree Henry, uh, Daniel Kaluuya, Jackie Weaver, Carrie Coon, Robert Duvall, Liam Neeson. Yep, that's the film. It's, again, distributed by 20th Century Fox. Again, I haven't had, heard any complaints about me reading off all this stuff. Uh, so, But if you don't like me doing it, you're like, I don't want to know all this facts. Fuck off, Jack. Go to Twitter and let me know. Uh, like, I was about to say, like, it was financed by... I, was, I wanted to get more. Like, let's get into it. it was, the language, who catered it's, it? in, it's an English production. It's 129 <laughs> minutes. Yeah. And it, uh, the country of origin is United Kingdom and United States. It, it has two countries of origin, weirdly. If you get into the aspect ratio, is... so help me. Yeah, yeah. Edited by Joe Walker. <laughs> text specs, yeah. 35, we talking, what are we talking about? No, shut here? up. Nobody cares. <laughs> okay, all right, all right, all right. All right, let's go with that. Let's go with that. I, I, I really love this movie. Oh. <laughs> I, I, I'm actually curious uh, just to get the bellwether around around the horn for these guys first off. Uh, let's start with you, uh, Trevor. What did you think of Widows? I've been feeling weird about it. I was really looking forward to it. Um, I think it doesn't help that a lot of people and critics included pitch this as like it's a blockbuster, but like smart or like feminist action movie or whatever. And um, I think that's been a big part of my expectation for the film and part of like the backlash to it that exists. It does exist. Um, yeah, Wait, we're, are we I, like there's backlash to widows? Well, not like you know controversial like. Backlash, but I mean, like critical, like critics complaining about other critics' backlash. Um, from what I've insular like, letterboxy film, <laughs> yeah, backlash. yeah, there you, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. yeah, not necessarily legitimate. Um, 
But um, yeah, I just I came out of it feeling weird about. It. I mean, I I enjoyed the performances a lot. I got the ending. Um, you know, I did enjoy it. I just feel like it left me kind of cold a couple of days later. And thinking back on it now, that I've just like found that I'm the only person who didn't like love it as much as I felt like I was supposed to. I felt like a little bit more empowered in in my opinion of not liking it that much based on like as much as it was hyped up so we can get more into my reasons why later but that's i mean i'm probably basically at a six right now guys not gonna lie whoa 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 i i mean i'll I'll agree to some stuff on the nature of it i think it's it's incredibly pulpy but i think it's an elevated form of pulp but before i get off on doing this yeah pulp yeah i would i would agree with that let's go around the horn let's go around i i don't want to say i I promise i won't ever say around the horn in any other podcast ever again (laughs) uh peter what are your thoughts on widows when you say pulpy i really just think of like orange of a glass of orange juice it's like what are you what are you drinking orange juice heavy pulp like that's what i think of i'm (laughs) that's what my nose too um (laughs) get your calcium i don't know who that person is (laughs) Um, it's probably my mother (laughs) they always come back um i i I loved i love this movie i thoroughly enjoyed it this 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 is the movie that i saw that I saw directly before seeing Fantastic Beasts. So you can imagine my disappointment of going to see Widows it, and then I go see Fantastic Beasts. I'm just is, like, God, this is a letdown like no other, like shit. Um, but th- this movie was great. And and they, like, and like we'll get to it later, but like there was one shot in the film that Ben and I, like as it was happening, the two of us like, like started tapping each other like, excitedly like, this is happening, this is happening, this is happening, this is happening. Um, but we'll get to that later. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and for like I think we both had the same reasons why we loved it, but I think we loved it for totally like personal reasons, and it was it was really beautiful. Like it was awesome. It was a nice moment. We yeah. had to, me and Peter watched it together, and there were some really great moments. We should also mention Peter that we had an animated crowd. Our crowd. Oh my god, the crowd was the best. I mean, is it all right to say that they were ninety five percent black? Oh no, they, they were, totally were. Like that's just and facts. they were vocal. And at one point, when a big twist happens. Uh, one person just yells out, "Yo, what is this movie?" That was the best. <laughs> it made it so much better. <laughs> this is my favorite thing. Um, I'll just jump in real quick and just say I have been excited for this movie. Uh, this has been my most <coughs> anticipated movie of all year. As it just as things oh, wow. have gone along and even new stuff come along, it's I'm very excited for several reasons. One, I'm a big, big fan of Steve McQueen. I think his first three films are all. Uh, phenomenal, and his last two are, are masterpieces, in my opinion. Shame and Twelve Years a Slave, um, and it's sort of interesting. He Twelve Years a Slave was f- five years ago, so I've been waiting because uh, I, you know, first kind of found him when Twelve Years a Slave was coming out. Uh, now you found him from Shame, um, but uh, you know, I, I, I had all these nice, like, consistent movies, and I was like, "What's the next one?" Um, which is weird because he makes depressing movies. <laughs> so only I would get excited. Incredibly for depressing movies. movies. Um, and it just sounded like really interesting because, for one, this was based on a BBC series that he adored as a child, so it's a very much a passion project. It is very much sort of this, uh, a director who makes, you know, he literally makes museum art piece movies. I'm not even saying, like, the movies he makes, but, like, he makes visual art that gets shown in museums. He's a very high, high-brow director. He works in high art, in a sense. So, like, to see someone like that... Uh, adapt something that is more pulpy and grounded and thrillery it was very interesting to me i thought the premise was really interesting and i love that gillian flynn was running because she wrote gone girl 
Um, and mm-hmm. so I was very interested that she was bored. I thought the cast was amazing. So like the whole time I was just so excited for this movie. And I was very, very happy that it lived up to a lot of my very, very high expectations. Snow Paddington 2, nothing is. Um, but it is one of my favorite movies of the year. Uh, no question. Definitely top five. Uh, for me so I was very very pleased leaving this theater that it was as just entertaining and fun and ridiculous but also had a fair amount of interesting thematic stuff and like yeah I guess this movie is like uh, maybe I'm just a weirdo who loves maybe it's just I love the wire and I like both shootouts and complex talks about aldermans in Chicago uh, because that's just my jam and this like kind of hit that sort of wire niche I've not had in a long time and it really kind of got uh uh, a little bit taste of that level, so this was this was a delight and a pleasure, and uh, yeah, I really really enjoyed it. And I'm gonna see it again, for sure. Uh, but I got so many goddamn movies out to see right now. Gotta go see Robin Hood, guys. I gotta go have support. Seen that the Hood? <laughs> I have seen that, and woke uh, Hood, <laughs> Robin. I, I, I don't know, man. Hood. <laughs> I I had a good time in Robin Hood. I don't know how I to bet. tell you. It's there's no there's no defense of that movie, but I had I had a quality experience watching it. I'm just gonna say. <laughs> I also had a very live theater during the Robin Hood viewing, and everybody was just like, it was a it was it was like a comedy a unto itself. It was great. Wow, that's uh, that's what I'm looking for, honestly. That sounds. I kind of want to review that just so we can see if we can get like it's 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 Geostorm. It's actually worse than Geostorm by quite a bit, honestly. <laughs> it's, it's like at least or at least in terms of like it making me laugh. But uh, this is not a Robin Hood review. This is obviously a review of Widows. Uh, we'll circle back around to Trevor. I think he's going to be the most negative one on the cast for today. But we'll come back around to why. I think this movie hit you wrong or in the same sort of way. Um, I'm probably, I'm probably less positive than Peter and Ben. All right. I, I can't tell. We'll get to scores in a bit, but um, to begin with, I, I think, you know, this movie kind of is a weird combination. It's, it's a weird combination. It's more, it's like an art housey take on like a, a, like a pulpy action thriller with a heist in the core center of it while also dealing with like the disparate lives. And each of these women are kind of like a vignette of their life and the and the the challenges that they individually face and how they deal with them that culminates in them kind of you know in different ways dealing with their issues at the same time so it's more it's more like a character story wrapped in an oceans movie uh not oceans movie oceans is it's a terrible comparison to this. but i mean the thing is that's interesting is that the heist is right at the end and is goes off other than with one murder without a hitch. Um, <laughs> right, 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 right. Yeah. yeah. Which which I think is the strength of this movie that the movie builds your tension so fucking hard for that. Um I think I think this is I think this is a I think it's a good thriller because it's success. I think that's the thing is I didn't expect much going into this and that and I think it's a criticism it could be a criticism of me, Peter and Ben could be leveled that we all saw Fantastic Beasts right before this and so my bar was I did like not. I have still yeah, not ben, seen ben it. Oh you've not so. seen it. Okay. So Ben Ben definitely but it definitely I don't know like I just anything would have done right after Fantastic Beasts <laughs> that just had a solid plot construction and this definitely this does have that in spades um, so but at the same time I think it's I think it's I think pulpy is the thing that I want to come back around here to because I think that Widows is constructed like a pulp movie with a lot of uh, I guess you you coined it as twittery uh, Trevor no I Jack, you know me. I would never use the word twittery. 
That's Some, fair. I'm sorry. I think, I think, I'm sorry. I think that was Ben's word for the for the backlash. Film, I said film twittery. Yeah, the film. Yeah, film Twitter is yeah. a very specific kind <laughs> of uh, uh, film community that is very insular and has their own kind of jokes and stuff. And yeah, it's hard to kind of explain on a podcast, but yeah. it's, no, it's, it's a certain it's, kind of like avid film goer slash yeah, film it, reviewer. Type. And it's also a place where most likely a criticism would be put down that wouldn't necessarily be meant for the general public. Like, I think this is a, I think this is actually I think the thing that surprised me about this movie is that this was very, uh, especially from Steve McQueen. This is very, it's very mass consumptiony more so than I expected. Or did you guys disagree with that? I think it, I think it's what's interesting is he could have made it less. You could have made it more mass consumption because it does deal with like race and domestic violence and uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Class. And, 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 and gentrification and class. And there's a lot of elements in this movie that are dealing with very, very heavy themes. And it is a crime drama. I mean, this is a film that has a scene of police shooting an unarmed black kid. You know, it is not uh, it's not oh, a film you leave shit. and just go yeah. like. And just go like it, there are elements that do make you feel good, but like it, it's still Steve McQueen. He's still pushing your buttons. He's still like trying to address these issues and trying to uh, weave kind of this story of Chicago inside uh, what is you know a fun pulpy British crime series he used to love as a kid. Like he's doing two very kind of different things, and that's where I can understand that maybe the the trouble and the coldness can come from if if you don't feel like he weaves those. Poles. I guess I guess I find this way more as I'm not a I'm not a huge twelve years a fan like twelve years a slave fan. Uh I I mean and that and that's not to say that I and there's a difference between saying that I dislike twelve years a slave and I don't enjoy watching twelve years a slave. Right. Um, I think twelve years a slave is a masterpiece. I don't really want to pop it in every weekend. Ever but. again for any reason. Yeah. And I think there's you know, it's about I mean the whole the film is about pain and I think that his his journey is is is, is less in, less interesting. I like seeing him work with heroes that, to my mind, are in, are way more flawed than the. Uh, I forget what his name is in Twelve Years a Slave. Elijah, you know what his name is? Uh, not Elijah Pettit. Uh, no, no, no. no. Uh, well, everybody else in that film is heavily flawed, oh. but not the main character. Oh, Chiwetel Ejiofor. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. uh, sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm blanking on his name. But, uh, but uh, his character is less flawed in here. I, I enjoy, I enjoy seeing him flip this way because we've really only seen four movie productions that he's been involved in, and of the four, like this feels very different than his previous three. Am I wrong on that one? No, it's, I think it's absolutely true. Yeah, he's, he's. <laughs> He's a person who loves sort of long, beautiful, poetic takes. He's very focused on sort of intimacy and uh, closeness. And to kind of do that with a crime drama is very unique and what I did find very kind of fascinating about it. I mean, this could be a a, a den of thieves, <laughs> which is a perfectly enjoyable, dumb Gerard Butler shoots people movie. Like, you know, it could be very much yeah. just... Just a straight down the middle. Yeah, it makes like forty million dollars, and it goes on VOD, and you never <laughs> think about it ever again. Kind of movie. Yeah. But he he imbues it with a level of intelligence and kind of intimacy that you don't expect, but it is very much not 
the genre he plays in. And I wouldn't be surprised if he never makes a movie like this again. I mean, it also bombed a little bit, so that doesn't help. Yeah, it's currently worldwide, it's under its production budget, right? His world product, yeah. its production budget was $42 million, which is, I think, low for this, probably because they actually did a pretty sizable media push on top of that. Right. And domestic, it made twenty five four, and it made thirteen. I mean, this was always going to do bad for, like in foreign markets, in my opinion, because it's a very talky, American-esque movie. Very American-centric location movie. Uh, but it's currently, I think it's... It's a little under $39 million right now. Yeah, yeah, so it's uh, it. I think it's generally it's probably about um, he's probably fourteen million in the hole as of now. Probably something like that. It'll probably lose like ten or f- I don't know. Maybe it'll squeak together something, but like it's yeah. It's- well, I mean, I, I'm sure it'll have. I'm sure it'll have life, and you know, I, I don't know. I, I feel like this is a poor time to do this because I feel like this is a great Oscar buzz movie. Like this could be a great Oscar movie, and this it's like the time to do this. And I'm sure it'll come up. Like for me, I would I would see it pop up again in Oscar season and see that uh, see what you could get. But it seems weirdly misplaced. In Thanksgiving. Well, I think that's why they put it here. Actually, well, Thanksgiving was a weird choice. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. It probably should be like yeah. the week after or something. Yeah. But and and also, I I think this movie is way. I, and I hate to make the comparison here because like, have, have I has anyone seen Creed two? Not yet. I have. I haven't had the chance to. Yeah. So I like, wanted to, and then I got sick. <laughs> Creed two is a good movie. It's not. It's not a dumb movie by any stretch. But it's a. It's a. It's how did I put this? It's a dumber movie than this. Um, <laughs> right. Yeah, it's just, you know, but I still had way more fun inside of Creed 2. And it was a Creed 2 was a much better Thanksgiving Day movie. Do you know what I mean? Right. Oh, yeah. I, I, exactly. And that's why I knew it wasn't going to do well over well, Thanksgiving. It, yeah. Because it's like, who wants to be like, let's go watch a two-hour uh, exploitation on uh, how terrible Chicago is and gentrification and race. And how Yay! Is on, how yeah. Kids, is on kids are at Fantastic Beasts. Families are at Fantastic Beasts. Kids are at Wreck-It Ralph. And then you have Robin Hood, Widows, And the Green Creed Book was two. trying to be like the, uh, the, the safe Oscar movie. Green Book right. was like, it's, an, it's like a smart adult thumb, but it's about black and white people getting along. They go on a road yep. trip. And he learns that racism is bad. You know, like it's the cr- it's yeah the crash of movies. Um, <laughs> yes, <laughs> sorry. Oh, is that movie. fair? Jesus, I haven't seen Crash. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Peter, you've seen it. Okay. Have, have, have you have, have you guys seen Crash? I mean, has has any, have we ever rev- talked about Crash? I have seen Crash. A long I don't. Time do we want to see Crash? Because I don't really want to talk about really Crash. Really no one wants to talk about Crash. Everyone wants to rag on Crash. No one wants to see Crash. I know. I know. <laughs> the problem with I, I talking about like, Crash, you have to see I didn't, Crash. I didn't see Crash until way after like its buzz had gone down, and I was just like, I don't know. Let's not talk about it. <laughs> That's the thing. Uh, I, I do want to circle around here. I, I so because like we have three generally positive people, and I and like sitting at a six. I don't want to. I don't want to like rag on you here, Trevor. And and I definitely don't no. Wanna, I've been like, I've been waiting things. for to jump in. That's fine. Yeah, um, yeah. So let's let's talk. Let's talk. What 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 <laughs> hits you about this movie that's pushing you so low? Because you still technically recommend it. Yeah, I would. Um, and part of it was my expectations was the thing and critics describing yeah, it as like good popcorn, but it's part of my expectation problem with it. I, I don't know. Um, I kind of wanted to jump back to what Ben was talking about with, um, kind of the different themes that the movie that the director addresses, um, and all the different kind of stuff that's thrown in there. I just, my... I, the epitome of this movie to like give us, I guess, yep, a, like a scene to talk about to start um, for me is the long take of the uh, long car ride 
uh, from yes. This is the scene me and Peter were talking about that we and, freaked out. Yeah. And this is, the, this is the epitome of, I guess, maybe my attitude on this movie is that when that scene happens, I totally get what's going on from like as soon as the car starts rolling. It's like, why am I not seeing his face? Oh, okay, I get what's going on here. And then it goes on and it goes on and it goes on and I get it and I get the point. And I, you know, I get it. At the same time, the, the speech that Colin Firth's character is giving Mulligan is like so important to his character and probably one of the most subtle moments of his character. And I don't get to see his face and I'm like trying to pay attention to him at the same time. I like, I don't know, it's still like a bravura moment of filmmaking. I think I read the word bravura somewhere. It's brave. I don't know. Fuck. Um, arguably, but I just, that moment mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. epitomizes like the, the, the raw like moralizing of the movie a little bit to me is I don't really, I mean, I appreciate that the themes are there. That's part of the conceit of this movie. And I would rather see this movie than a lot of other movies. Um, But at the end of the day, it's so cynical, which again, I'm no stranger to cynicism, but it's so just apolitical and cynical. And I don't really find that there's any payoff. I feel like I'm being preached to. I don't feel like, I feel, you know, like, Ben mentioned that this director can push your buttons. I feel like my buttons are being pressed. I don't feel what, you know, I, 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 I don't feel like I'm getting any more woke. <laughs> it's like a terrible phrase to say, maybe, but like I just well, and and, and that's what Steve McQueen can do. I mean, I, I'm not going to mention yeah. their name because I don't, uh, you know, like they can get. Yeah, I'm just not gonna mention their name for their sake. But I knew someone who walked out of Twelve Years a Slave, and I was talking to this person afterwards, and I was like, "Why?" And they were basically like, "I understand that slavery was awful, I you know, but I I just didn't feel I had to live it essentially because it is just so punishing, you know. Yeah. I don't agree with that choice, but right. I get what made them choose that. You know what I mean? And yeah. so I do understand that that is what Steve McQueen can be like. But to me, that scene is just so amazing because it is, and I want to hear what Peter loved so much, but for me, it is it is just a magic trick done in front of your eyes. You know, it is, so just to explain the scene for people who haven't seen the movie or are curious, um, it's a sequence where um, uh, Colin Farrell, who's playing um, a, a politician of this long-running family, uh, there are aldermen's, which is kind of like this sort of version of a city council in Chicago. It's a very Chicago kind of a position. Um, and he's running against Brian Tyree Henry, who would be the first black alderman for his district. It's a predominantly black district. Um, and But he's white. Uh, and he is from this long, long line of families who basically controlled this district for generations. Um, and he's giving a speech in uh, the ghetto and like this this raggedy ass platform with all these signs he gets to his limousine with a black driver and has this very racist speech and uh, conversation and as he drives away um, you start to notice that the houses start getting nicer and nicer and the neighborhood gets a little cleaner and then you get into <coughs> gated communities and then you get to really nice communities and there's gentrification unfolding in front of your eyes essentially you are watching as he drives in only a couple minutes straight out of the ghetto right to a gated community that he lives in and that house has all the same signs and all the same propaganda and everything he walks into it and you know goes behind his like sort of gate and And to me it was an amazing just moment of just like if you just give a director some patience he'll let you understand why that's what to me the long shot is one of those things that so many people don't understand which is that it has to have a point. <laughs> you can't just make it long <laughs> for the sake of it being long. 
And um, he famously, in his first film, has a long shot that is a 16-minute long conversation scene. I don't particularly like that long shot, actually, because I didn't feel it had to be a long shot. I get why he did it that way, but to me, he has made other shots that actually have more meaning and have an, an end to them than his sense. So to me, like to, to build a long shot like that and let the audience discover that, that is what I love about this movie, for one. It's just, just seeing a pervera and... Perver is a weird word. So now you're making me wonder what perver really means. In a I know, I know. I, I um, <laughs> it, it is a virtuosic shot. I'll say that much. It is. It is a. It is a maestro doing an amazing uh, a piece of just a little independent art. You know, separate of the film itself. To me, that is just like something that's just beautiful and, and impressive mm. to look at. Um, so uh, that's why that so, shot works so for, for me. So and for I'm me, curious why. What what when you well, reacted to Peter? For, for me, what was so impressive I, about, about about the shot was um to take it Peter, in sorry. the context of the film, uh, Colin Farrell's Colin Farrell's character, um, giving this speech basically giving the speech at at, at, his, at his little rally at his little rally, um, and like and and then and like take, taking taking into context where, where he where he was like where he was like we started this. We started, we started this organization thing to to help to help business entrepreneurs in your community, and then you also have the reporter guy who's like, and you also have the reporter guy who's like, who's like, who's like trying to like trying to like speak over him, say, what about all of this fraud and stuff that has been reported on your family that you have known is going on and that you almost purposefully do, and he like quiets and he like tries to like quiet him down. Like what by 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 saying by like by, by by telling the few people who are who are there like I like I'm I'm here for you I'm here for your community, and then he gets in his car and drives away a couple of minutes and like and how it's like how like yeah like it, it is literally gentrification happening in front of your eyes, and and like and and what kind of put the nail what kind of hit the nail on the head like what was the cherry on top is that is that he's saying like I'm here for you as you like, I'm here for your community and I and I will fight for you. But then, with everything else going on, he literally goes into a gated house, and it's like, how for them are you? How in this fight are you for them? How connected with this community are you as a politician, as someone who is, as someone whose family has literally been ruling this district for generations? How connected, actually? How connected are you actually to all of this? And it's really, it's it's, it's really cool to watch it all happen in one shot because. Because 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 even I for a, even I for a, for a second was like okay I'm listening to him talk and that's where that and and, and I'm and I'm, and I'm right. hearing this conversation that, that he's having with his advisor why can't I see his face but then I watch what's happening around the car and and then when the cameras and, then, and the, the, the camera shifts from looking from looking at like the car's right side to then swinging around looking at the left side so we so we can see what's happening on like lit lit kind kind of kind of almost giving a not just like not just like long shot not just with car driving but um but almost a other side of the tracks type of uh point it's like it like literally other side of the tracks moment when it flips from from looking at one side of the car to the other side of the car and that was amazing to me when when it flips and like you and like you, see, you you go from seeing brown and almost dead to green lush and like it's actually being kept up that was me <laughs> right Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I want to. I, I do, and I, I'm gonna. I'm not trying to kill the momentum here a little bit, but I do want to pop in here just to give a one comment about the cinematographer. Uh, and this is not a criticism. Well, it is a criticism of Sean Bobbitt. Uh, I 
it's I want to just think I think there's as somebody that follows cinematographers I think there's a lot of evidence to support the fact that this is a shot designed and done almost entirely by Steve McQueen because uh, I mean and, and that's not to say I want right. to make criticism of him but uh, the Sean Bobbitt the cinematographer for this movie mm. you know famously did uh, well not famously I'd say infamously <laughs> did Spike Lee's remake of Old Boy and in my opinion, destroyed one of the greatest fight scenes or the hammer fight scene in the whole, or recreated it and didn't, and fundamentally, in my opinion, didn't understand what made the original great. Uh, so I think there's, I think, I think there is, uh, I think there is evidence to suggest that we can lay a lot of the cinematography and in this case, this shot composition at Steve McQueen's feet, which I think is interesting. I think I, I, I like well, it when I can pick out shots. Notably, a very. Uh all-encompassing director like he will credit other people but like famously and please google this because it's the funniest thing you're going to see all day uh famously he hated that he did not get screenwriter credit for 12 years a slave because he feels that he rewrote that entire movie so when yeah. the screenwriter won and i'm going to put my uh camera back on just so people can see <laughs> the timing of it uh when he won <laughs> he claps with his fingers out so he doesn't have to clap so he goes this it's the greatest gif of all time. Look it up to Steve McQueen clapping. It is so petty and mean. <laughs> it is really funny. So, it, he, yes, my point being, he will credit Sean Bobbitt. He'll never say they did it, but I would not be shocked because he shoots a lot of his own art films yeah. and music well, videos. And this and is stuff, this so. is another theory I have about Joe Walker, the editor, um, because he's in so much stuff. But he's almost always attached to Denny Villeneuve or or in this case, he's done every McQueen movie as well. So I'm sure he's like a consummate professional as an editor, but I'm very, I'm very interested if he's like, you know, considers himself an artist or he's just like attaches himself on to like Villeneuve and McQueen are both like very encompassing directors. like. So that's a trio right there. My God. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that, that was my question. I like, I, I, I like, I'll never know. Like the other thing he's edited is like black hat. Like, like, I don't know. That's the Michael Mann one. That movie is ridiculous, but it is a Michael Mann movie. It's, it's got yeah, some stuff. Yeah. yeah. Hey, but I'll tell you what, uh, director's cut. <laughs> Sorry. It's <yeah>. actually. <laughs> oh, that's no, it's not yeah. the director's cut. That's right. It's the fucking. It was aired on FX once, and it's like a bootleg cut you have to download. It's insane. It's so, don't even yeah. bother. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's just weird to me considering. I I think I can see this in here because you know, Denny like like as much as I want to give both directors this, it definitely seems that also like there is an influence of Denny Villeneuve, or at least the people that work with Denny Villeneuve have a lot of crossover with the teams that also work with Steve McQueen. Because it seems editor, cinematographers, uh, all sorts of other stuff. Like it, I can, I can just feel kind of like that. Well, this is trying to like, do a Denny Villeneuve thing of like a, a, a art. Denny Villeneuve does an amazing thing of like art house blockbuster. Sicario is kind of the right exactly example of this. You know, it's like Sicario. You're gonna get the shoot 'em ups. Yeah, but you know, this, every no, once in a while Steve, they'll be like, but every once in a while someone will be like, but why? Yeah, it's Steve <laughs> McQueen doing a Denny Villeneuve movie, and he picked up all the Denny Villeneuve's guys. Or actually, it turns out that he's just been working with Denny Villeneuve's guys for his entire career. It looks like it's or just, Denny Villeneuve picks just, up his guys. I don't know. Someone, someone stole someone's guys. Well, guys? when was when was Steve McQueen? That's a good question. That's a good uh, suggestion because 2008 was his first production. Though he's been doing short films forever. Yeah, he's been around um, forever. Because his first short film was Bear in nineteen in nineteen ninety three. Well, uh, but let's I, talk about something I think we can all agree on, which is that Daniel Kalu is very scary in this movie. Yeah, <laughs> that's a good stuff. Yeah. 
Yeah, I do not understand that choice. Oh, you don't like Daniel Kaluuya? No, I love Daniel Kaluuya. Oh, I love okay. his performance. I oh, was okay. terrified. I, I, I just, you. I don't understand why it was necessary. I don't understand. I think it was like the most impactful thing in the film, oh, and it yeah. stood out wow. like a fucking point of an iceberg. Like it was hard for me to get over. <laughs> like a like stabbing a paralyzed guy. Points. Oh, Jesus. Or asking the guy to rap in front of him and then shooting him. Yeah, he's. I mean, uh, what was that about? Was that like a critique of like? So this guy no, is it, a drug lord's it, it, it enforcer. Was, but is that like a critique of like the culture no, around I, I, celebrating so, so I, drug I, I, culture? I think, is like, is that, what's did, going on? I there? did hear Steve McQueen oh, okay, explain okay. the three scenes, but go ahead, Peter first. Oh well, no, 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 no! I I have to interrupt. I'm sorry. You can't just drop. I heard Steve McQueen explain them and not like like give us a little bit of edification there, Ben. I'm sorry. Okay. Not like in real life, just on a podcast. Um, <laughs> oh, like, cool. I didn't please, run into please, him please, in the store. He's like, let's. Let's start with the yeah you you know I I was buying milk and ran into Steve. McQueen. He's like oh ben, uh, let me tell you what happened. Uh, let me tell you what Daniel Kaluuya was doing. Like, hey oh, you thanks, live Steve. in California that shit's pot. I just imagine you go to the store and like talk with Tom Cruise about his <laughs> yeah, like right. runaway wives or something. Run, run into him. Uh, for the yeah. sake I, of bringing up my score, I want to insist that I, okay. I hear what Peter's uh, explanation so, so is before I, so I, I hear kind of, the, I kind of took the auteur that of the film explained. That's, that's, that's actually an I, that's a good structure. Him. Please go, Peter. <laughs> what, 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 was, what, was, what was the name of the guy who was, the guy who was actually running for, for the position um, that that that, that, that Kalia's character worked for? Um, shit, shit. Uh, oh yeah, uh, yeah, Jamal, yeah, Jamal Manning. Jamal Manning. So I, so I, so I think I, I think Kaluuya's character and that scene was supposed name. to be an extension of Jamal. Um, of Jamal of Jamal Manning as a person because because here because here is a guy who is a crime boss but is like but is like trying but is like trying to run for his district and is like and 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 is and is doing and is doing and is doing things like is doing things like meeting meet, meeting with his opposition who is a, who is asking him to just drop out who is who who is me, who is meeting with the meeting meeting with like the like the the community the community pastor to to try to try to try to get their support who the, who who then blatantly in front of his face like cuts like, like cuts their meeting short gets on the phone and talks to the other guy and then you and then you have this dude his brother who like just shoots a guy who like just shoots a guy in the face like cold blooded like without hesitation and I think I think it was I think it was to I think it was meant to be an extension of showing that like that both sides in some way are definitely corrupt and they know they know for a they know for a concrete fact that they have a bunch of skeletons in their closet that if people knew everything would be fucked up so i i think i think this scene was supposed to be like just another massive pinpoint of just like of just how fucked up this guy knew his operations were for just various things on him and him getting shit done doesn't does doesn't doesn't exactly doesn't shooting someone in the face for shooting someone in the face for rapping doesn't exactly fit into the narrative kind of kind of except except that, except that if i if i remember correctly i think i think those two were supposed to be guarding the money that all the husbands like stole in the beginning i think okay yeah but it, I, I think that's what it was. I think that I think that's what it was meant to illustrate. It said it's like, and and Ben, ben and I talked about like yeah. talked about like just just yeah. like just that one note, that one notion that it's like both sides are corrupt and they know it, but they're still trying to pass themselves off as like trying to do something noble for 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 this community, whether they live in it or not. 
and how it's like home movies about how everything is for sale. I'll just say real quick, like what Steve McQueen said, which is that basically, um, uh, Ty- sorry, uh, Kalia's character, Jatem, Jatemi? I'm just going to say Kalia. <laughs> it's actually really easier to say. Yeah. Um, Kalia's character uh, is basically just uh, so, has just done so much violence that he is just looking to like find anything interesting about it whatsoever. And so the rapping is like, the one thing he can figure out that's kind of different about this situation or like the, the guy who's paralyzed or he can, he can at least like figure out, Oh, where are you paralyzed at? It's like, but when he goes to the guy, the driver's house and he gets, he has his goons beat him up. He notably doesn't even beat him up himself. He just sits there and watches TV and doesn't even look at it because it's so boring to him. Like he's just so disconnected from it at all that he's just trying to find anything to make it interesting <laughs> anymore. He's basically bored of murder. Like uh like like someone bored of sex yeah, trying to get fair. weird with it. So So I see both those points. I'm still not convinced that it's necessary. <laughs> but it's cool. I, I think and I think that's 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 maybe the that's maybe, you know, the counterintuitive point to this whole thing is, is like it is a good representation of everything. I think. I think this is the maybe maybe to your point. Like you know, I, Twelve Years a Slave keeps coming up for me with this film because the question is, is you know, I think and and don't let me put words in your mouth, Trevor, because oh, I'm I won't. never allowed to do that. No, okay, yeah, okay, <laughs> fantastic. I'll fight uh, you for it. Go ahead. Yeah, <laughs> I've I've done way worse. I should with him make a disclaimer, on... by the way, that I've never seen Twelve Years a Slave. It's always been one of those on my list, but when am I going to get around to that kind of? Yeah, that I, one's I, hard to pop into the queue. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah that's 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 a that's a you know let's uh, let's ruin your night. <laughs> let's it's not a it's not a positive yeah. experience. I, I I don't know. I, I maybe it is a positive experience for some people. I I find it. I think that's the thing is like I I'm you know the necessity of Twelve Years a Slave and whether or not it is a good film. I think I think that there is a certain amount of preachiness in Twelve Years a Slave. Uh, whether or not it is preachy, you, I think for me, I can understand what it is and appreciate it and just like, not say that like, you know, for somebody, this is an important movie. Like for instance, you know, the distinction between movies that maybe are preachy about their points, like this versus Django Unchained. Uh, Django is a, is a weird fucking movie, but it is absolutely stylistically a, my, my, my preference, even though it's, you know, possibly dumber than 12 years a slave uh but i would uh, i would watch Django really. a bunch of times <laughs> yeah yeah it but I'd, I'd watch <laughs> but i get it I, I, no Django's, you know, a, Django's dumb Django's dumb oh dumb. really you, you don't like it's Django bad. unchained it's a, it's a pile of crap i i, it's a big I, old poop I thought it was pretty dumb <laughs> when i first saw it but in terms of like um like the thematically engaging with the history with with racism and like having your wanton violence at the same time i think i would almost again the way this movie was marketed and i mean it says in the trailer from the director of 12 years of slave so i should have like taken the hint okay i i i'll, I'll admit right. that that, um, that but, means nothing yeah, like true. there's no no offense like the, the trailer is doing that means nothing anymore because it's like they'll throw anything up there it's like the, you know from the director of lion king widows I don't but, know. <laughs> but the, the thing that i'm getting at is that i mean to try and combine blockbuster popcorn with this idea of engaging on all of these very like salient very urgent themes and then the the you know the moral paradox of the genre moving being we enjoy seeing thieves get you know 
crime crime pay because you know we know that we can't do it but we enjoy living vicariously through it that's like essentially the solution kind of here in this movie and like in Drango Unchained the violence is clearly so stylistically over the top that it's not I mean that's like kind of from a pacifistic point of view what my gut reaction was to Django Unchained but comparing them you know if I were Comparing the use of violence in both movies, I would almost prefer Tarantino's over-the-top, like, clearly unrealistic use of violence to, like, this movie's kind of, like, amoral stance. I think both both movies dare you to look away from them is, is kind of the difference between those two as a filmmaker. And so maybe he is the stronger filmmaker, like Steve McQueen is which is a big thing. I mean, Tarantino's style, it can be, Tarantino can be style for the sake of style at times. And that's, you know, which is part of why I don't like him maybe, but, Oh um, Jesus. I I mean, I, 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 I I love, I love Ben. I'm going to disagree about Django. I love Django. I don't think Django's dumb by any stretch. You know, it's the same thing I said about this one. Like, you know, I don't think Django's a dumb movie. I don't think windows is a windows is a dumb movie. I think they may be less intelligent (laughs) than one or the other movie, but that's, you know, that's a different discussion. Um, well, yeah, a, a yeah. Is a, just like in... <laughs> Peter, um, you have a response. You have a response to yeah, Peter, a sort of Trevor's position. Of um, of Amoral? I guess my my like characterization of Tarantino I... as being like immoral versus this movie is kind of amoral like it doesn't care what the moral solution to these problems are i feel like almost or it sort of implies that like you know uh, these these women have taken control of their lives by like committing a crime and like it's a genre film it's a heist film and that's part of my inherent problem with the no, I, like the conceit I, I think of the I film is like the fun of the heist with, movie with this is film, like you can't film being more combine it with a, these like really serious societal problems because Viola Davis's character even kind of says it where she where she where she says to the she says to the other women she was like we're going to do this job and the second it's done it's over. That's it. This is all we're trying to do so we can just get ourselves out of this hole and we, we get ourselves out of this hole, which technically I think it was actually just her because, because she was the only one who was actually confronted, but she didn't, she didn't tell the other woman that. But she, but, she, but, she, but she was like, we're doing this and we're done. We don't even have to talk to each other after that. Just this is the job. That's it. And so, and and so, and and, and so that's what, that, that's why like at the end of the film, like it's like the four of them then just go on with their lives michelle rodriguez's character yeah. buys back yeah. her, buys back her store uh the character of i think her name was uh bella the, the one who was watching rodriguez's kids she she moves away she like she literally leaves the ghetto um the the the, uh, the, the, the white the, the white the white woman she, she she she's able to do her own thing viola davis is able to just live her life in peace and and so I, I think this movie was supposed to be like more amoral where it's where because it, where it's like you're asking what's the point of this film for them to not have targets on right. their back that was really it <coughs> yeah but i i mean i agree with trevor though a little bit what, here is that yeah. they're playing with deeper themes and meanings and i think that for me though I think that those themes and meanings are more completed at the ending. I think the twist at the end when Liam Neeson spoilers comes back and then deals with uh, 
deals with him as like the the personification of the guy that built the job and and kind of Viola Davis's thing at the end, which is also like holy fucking. I did shit. actually like, find the ending powerful when it's just like she just needed yeah. this one thing to fucking name a, a library after him. Like obviously that doesn't solve everything. That doesn't make anything yeah. right. But it's the like the one thing she needed to do to be able to move on with her life. And you just see like her whole persona she's had for the whole movie just kind of like crack and shift to right. where well, she's able to fucking smile. And I love that. Also like right, well, Viola Davis, holy is, fuck. Well, that's why the ending is depressing. It's like she realizes the only person she might have is like someone she robbed someone with and two shot someone to death. Like that's a really fucking sad life. And she's like just reaching out for any kind of connection at the end. It's oh, it's yeah, it's crazy. It's uh, sorry. I love this movie. Like, I can't really like, yeah. I'm trying to figure out like a good sort of end. And I think it's just to me, what I really liked is that the kind of consistent themes was how, transactional everything in life is really that it is you know politics down to religion down to crime (laughs) you know everything Mm -hmm. is transactional and what you can bring to it and your value only extends in a capitalist society to essentially your power and your money and sex if for some people it's money for some people it's that that's why i really liked um elizabeth debicki's character so much this idea of of selling yourself as this really interesting sort of say don't forget sex Yes, sex yeah. is obviously a big part of it. You know, there's there's this really disturbing scene with her mom where her mom is basically like trying to sell her off to a sugar daddy, and it is really weird and creepy. And but it is something she considers and kind of goes down with Lucas Haas, who shows up, which I was not expecting. Pussy Posse's back, Lucas Haas. Um, and uh, it, it's just something very, very interesting about the film about the way it is so much. about the transactional nature of living in a late stage capitalist society and how basically everything's up for yourself and it's uh, terrible and it's all great. What What are you saying really about? What are you saying really about? Late capitalism? Did that trigger you? Oh my god. I don't know. Yeah, a little bit. It's completely appropriate to this film. Yeah, it is. It's... He just doesn't I, like that phrase. I yeah, I, 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 I get. I, I like get the it film. <laughs> I just, I guess, I guess, and I'm not disagreeing with any of the social issues or anything that's being laid in. It's just like I don't know. I, I I disagree with like you know the stages of capitalism. Like oh, I know what stage we're in. Fuck you. Go fuck yourself. I don't know. Anyways, uh, not you, Ben. I mean like <coughs> scholars. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, Fuck you, scholars. Yeah, in your books and your learning. Jesus. Uh, um, <laughs> yeah, I uh, Yeah, I think uh, in lieu of having more arguments where we don't see eye to eye, I think we'll just go ahead and put scores on this and, and wrap this bad boy up. Uh, so, uh, uh, I, Trevor, I'm going to let you go last and let you get, I think, you know, Thank you. let you have I appreciate that opportunity to defend yourself. And the wheels things. are still turning. Um, yeah. Uh, so in that case, uh, uh, I, you know, I'll actually, I, uh, uh, will rarely for one go first. Uh, and I, I, I give this movie an 8.5. I think it's a very, very good movie. Uh, I don't think it's an enjoyable necessarily viewing experience. It's definitely, it's definitely uncomfortable. And, and I think that it's one of those things where I tend to like a movie that, uh, the more uncomfortable I am about my social class and race, I think it's, you know, it's somewhat successful. <laughs> so I don't, uh. <laughs> Uh, 
yeah, going into it, I think it's a, I think it was a fun, I think it was a fun experience. I think that it's not, uh, I think that it's mispitched. Uh, I think that the trailers are mispitching it. I actually, I, I didn't actually talk about that. I didn't want to bring that up. I thought the trailer mispitched this quite a bit, uh, to what it was to me. And that only my knowledge of Steve, the who Steve McQueen was saved me from like being like, what the fuck is this? Does anyone um, disagree with that? I mean, obviously I would agree. I mean, I know, I know I, Trevor yeah. agrees, but that's, I you dislike it, it for other reasons so. and not necessarily that it was mispitched, but do you disagree? I mean, you, you obviously knew I, mm, ahead of time what this I, was going to be, Ben. I actually, I, I actually yeah. don't think I was really expecting so more, anything. I, I mean, I mean, I mean, I, I certainly knew, I certainly yeah. knew. Yeah, no, who, Peter, what did you, what, what were you was, expecting? I don't, and I, I, and I knew that there, I knew that there would be, I figured that they, that there would be some kind of a heist involved, but I don't think I really had any expectations. I just kind of went in as like, with like a blank slate of just like, okay, impress me. Which is which, which doesn't happen often, actually, for me in my view in my various viewing experiences. So that so that was new. All right, all right. So I'm gonna eight point five. Ben, you're up next. I'm gonna give this a nine. Uh, I love this movie a lot. Um, I'm very much in the bag for Steve McQueen. Um, I don't know. Seven of the best shots of 2018 are in this movie. I mean, it's one of the most incredible looking <laughs> movies of the year. Uh, that shot alone <sighs> that we mentioned is one of the most uh, fantastic shots uh, of the year, for no question for me. Um, it is really interestingly well developed. I think Gillian Flynn has some really I feel like they're both kind of bringing their own interesting takes to it. I feel like she's more doing the transactional nature element and the a lot of the really interesting female uh, characters and how each one is kind of abused by men in a different way. I mean, that's kind of what you go for Jillian Flynn for. Um, and uh, I think it's a very interesting collaboration between both of them. I think it's a really interesting way to take something that you loved when you were younger and adapt it into a modern setting that isn't your own. It's kind of interesting that's like, he didn't make this about England in the 80s, you know, which is that film is, I'm sure I, I've seen that show and it is very, I mean, as much as I can guess, because I don't know, I assume it's kind of Thatchery and it's kind of influenced by that. It's more just kind of a crime drama that didn't feel that thematically rich. It was just kind of fun. Um, but uh, uh, it's, it's, there's just a lot to dig into this movie that I really, really enjoyed. I just very much was just happy to be there despite, you know, it being a shitty uh, um, projection that drove me crazy. Uh, I was uh, in love with this movie uh, from the second, like, pretty... No, from the second began because that incredible yeah, opening sequence where it cuts in between the intimacy of her in the bed and the shootout. I actually turned to Peter, and within the second edit, I was like, I love this movie. <laughs> so that's... That's where I'm at with this movie. I think it's just uh, it's just one of the most incredibly constructed and, and edited films. I can't deny there's some things that that are are shaky. I can't deny that the plot gets a little a little loose and some of the themes all don't hold together. But I think it's just I'm I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a, sometimes I'm a I'm a details guy. I'm a big picture guy, and the details in this film are just so rich and interesting. And it's just doing something that uh, yeah. so few films really do uh especially now that it made no money so not gonna get any more of these i i will say uh i will say and i don't mean to 
catch up right after the fact, but I will say I agree. Yeah, I agree with like, uh, yeah. it's funny to me that I didn't notice any of like the plot inconsistency. I'm not doubting that there are plot inconsistencies in there, but I just feel like the effect of Grindelwald on me is like, that made total sense. Yeah, <laughs> like, right. This is like, you're gonna, very you're true. Gonna hand it <laughs> I would have been like, someone, ah, that makes sense. Someone <laughs> it's like if I saw Suicide Squad, anything after it would just be like, this is, this is fine. This, yeah, is, this is, this is, this is solidly constructed, sir. Like this, this, I, I'd walk across this bridge. Um, <laughs> so I, I, um, I do want to real fast say though I hi- I do disagree <coughs> with the shot statements. I think mm. I think there's a difference between good cinematography and conceptually interesting <laughs> shots. And I, I think, think these shots are conceptually interesting. I think they're beautiful. I think they're beautiful, but I think they're con- more conceptually interesting than they are great cinematography. That makes no sense to me. I think both are great. I since, since we got into I, the I plot briefly, um, <laughs> I just wanted to to. To, to cut in and say like so it was the same money they were stealing back the whole time they, right yeah, like they stole, they, I, they I stole the same money and then some. i was just a little they, confused which i think is you know i mean this isn't the type of movie that i'm yeah they say they stole the same fair. money that he but stole yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah, it took me like till 15 minutes after the movie was over to figure that out, but I did. I got there. So I just wanted to make sure I was right. But some of that money was also money that Robert Duvall had been skimming mm. from the people because there was a whole thing about the green line and he was skimming and like $5 million disappeared and like so. I, I figured it was a bit of both. Uh, so I'm that is a little bit confusing, but I'm going to take everybody. But that's what I'm for. Uh, I <laughs> thought we're talking about what kind of goes on. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty, okay. much I was all, the pretty, pretty much uh, all Peter, you're up next. in this film I thought played their roles so damn well, especially Viola Davis, because once again, once again, we got a snot nose crying from her on cue like nobody's business. She literally should just get an award every time she does that alone. <laughs> um, but I, 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 re- I really liked... Because I, because because I, yeah, I, I said before the movie started, I was like, if I don't get snot nose crying from Viola Davis, this isn't a film. Um, but I, I, I like, I like. Yes, the, we were both like, like really like, excited. Like the intentionally stilted and tense interaction and and and, rela- and relationship between between all four women and like and how they had to like really come to a place where it's like, okay, we're just gonna trust each other and just do this shit and just work it out and. I I I, li- I I liked how everything in the film was 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 building up to that last that 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 heist which happened in pretty much like the last like like 15 20 minutes of the film and that was it and it's like it's like everything's leading up to this moment and how and and how how everything played out I I, I don't know like I I can't I I won't say that this is like my favorite movie of, of my favorite movie of the year because Infinity War already came out and I'm sorry but that that that's just my jam but uh but this was this is definitely a film that i want to come back to like it, it's just so fucking good to me and i and, I, and I'm, re- I'm really happy not 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 only that i saw it but 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 like like ben mentioned earlier that our movie going experience because of like everyone else who everyone else who was in the room just made it so much richer because it because because it was it it was like a, it was like a mini event i guess you could almost say for the two of us because because of all of that it, it, it's it's like it's it's like it, it's like you know like it's like if you if you went to go see a harry potter film back back when they were still based on the books yeah, but you but you but you went to like a showing on like on like a random showing on like a tuesday afternoon but ever but everyone in the, and ever ever everyone in the room is like still excited about it that's what but that that's what it felt like to me 
It's like everyone, everyone in here, everyone in the room is still invested, but you know, it's not like it's not like in, instead of having a hundred people be like, "Oh my God, Snape died," and I didn't like, like oh, 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 oh my God, Dumbled- Dumbledore died, and I and like I didn't read the books, I'm shook. Inst- instead, it's like you know, twenty people who are like, "Wow, Liam Neeson is still here. What the fuck." Yeah, like I will say, it's not like people were. It's not like, except, like except for like, just, for like you know, I'm, I'm actually curious about that because I, I cannot like, imagine like people talking like, in the middle of it. <laughs> I just can't imagine. It was kind of like many moments from a peanut gallery where it made sense, where it's like, okay, this is meant to have some kind of reaction from the audience. Like it was, it wasn't people just talking throughout the film. Oh God! Yeah. No, I, no, I'm here for it. All right, I have to. This is petty, but uh, I have to go back in for uh, Ben's check of me on cinematography real fast. I'm sorry. Oh, God. Uh, no. Uh, no, 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 no. I'm not saying bad things. I, I, uh, I think I love you, Ben, and I'm not trying to say I don't disagree with what you are thrusting at me. Maybe I didn't word it correctly. Cinematography is about the presentation of feelings and emotions on the screen and is tied into the themes and cinematography is involved in the themes. My point is, I think that shot is more thematically successful with the theme than it is necessarily successful in necessarily putting that theme across as cinematography, i.e., I think there are better shots out there that tie into themes better and also represent the movie as a whole better than like the limo shot. I think the limo shot's interesting. I think it's well done. I don't, I don't, I just don't think it's a top of the year shot. I think it is because it is thematically interesting and it is really gorgeous. I think it's like really well framed and like the way he films the, uh, the neighborhoods is really beautiful. And I think the way he kind of pans the shot over to film the second section is just as equally beautiful. I think the pan is part of that shot, which is what makes it really interesting. I will say that it's not just kind of locked down. Sorry, Ben, I didn't mean to cut you off. I, I think um, I just I just wanted to say I will say that the uh, one thing about the limo shot yeah. we haven't mentioned so far that was especially terrible that just puts a period on the end of it is that um, by the end of it, you realize their black chauffeur has been having to listen to his shit the whole time through like the whole ride. It does sort of take yes. you out of it. Yeah. Oh, it's great. I think that's what makes this another great element oh, I of the... I wasn't asserting that it took you out of it necessarily. I said it put it, a period on I, it. I, I don't know. I like, I, I guess I guess that's, you know... I don't know. I've never been a chauffeur. I've never. Uh, that said, I I did whistle to a racist cab driver one time in uh, in uh, <laughs> Cincinnati. So you know, once you're in the car, you're just in the car, I guess. Uh, last person on the thing, Trevor. Last person on the thing, I like that. I don't know. I'm I'm losing my words. Obviously, I'm not explaining anything. No, well I, anymore. I'm just, just go ahead, go should. and run with um, it. Um, it's what happens when you put me last. I'm just not grateful at all. Um, I um, first off wanted to say I think the performances of the actors really would elevate the film and you know the what the director arguably uh, got out of the actors I think uh, I've spoken a lot so far about like not appreciating the direct some of the director's choices maybe but I do recognize um, like the talent uh, on display and I think that really comes across in the performance of the leads especially considering this was a TV show the guy watched in the 80s and he made it into a singular I mean it was a miniseries but he made it into a you know single uh, feature length film I think some of that 
um, you know, stretch or condensing rather maybe shows, but less than it would in the hands of a less capable director. Um, I think some of the characters aren't necessarily um, like poorly written, but maybe could be a little bit more fleshed out, but you barely notice the contrast because even though they have so much to go through and so much changes to go through as characters in so little time, I think the performances are just really the best part of this movie and really make it work. Um, aside from the leads, which we've already um, yeah. waxed on uh, about quite a bit, I just want to say a quick note about how much I enjoyed Robert Duvall's performance. It's just like the embodiment of like white <laughs> racism, racism is, is just being so <laughs> I, I i started laughing at him and i loved that moment because i was just like this is this is what racism is it's dementia it's just it's, it's, this is like <laughs> he just he played it so well i loved the way he played it um I still think, um, and you guys have done a lot to win me over, but I still have like a little lingering mm. feeling kind of um, that the movie takes on a lot oh, more God, than no. it. Nothing was, re- nothing I mean, was really resolved it's in the It's arguably long-term. almost noir in its you know, assessment of like corruption. So I can't say then it resolves, but then it, mm. um, no. Right, and... I'm just recognizing that that's not necessarily a valid criticism of the genre, but part of the problem for me is that it's mixing <laughs> genres in that in that way. So I'm going to leave it at a seven. All right. And Jack will do math real fast. Math. Uh, math. This is just uh, comes out to an 8.25. Uh it's perfect. It's it's annoying because it's perfectly two point five. <laughs> Technically, we can round up or down. It's uh, a. We'll quarter. go. We'll. Yeah. So I'm gonna put it at eight point two. Okay. I'm gonna put what whatever you can. You can imagine whatever the score is. I, I you know whatever you want it to be, guys. I'm not gonna come in there. Uh, I just for fairness, I let Trevor go last. Does anyone want to rebuttal his thing? I don't think he said anything. Oh, information wise that was adding to it so does anyone want to say anything before we move on thanks for throwing me under the bus jack i was just kidding no i, I, I would actually welcome that i'm sorry I, I was about to say if you, if you i mean if i've said if i put the most negative person around i gotta give like a space hey i was a lincoln douglas debater baby uh, you gotta give you gotta give time mm. <laughs> all right well in that case i think i'm actually super happy with an 8.5 8, or 8 whichever one uh the schrodinger score it is uh but uh for the movie gang podcast <laughs> this has been uh peter dancy oh well, the ben haworth i don't know what to look forward to pattison three i guess Okay, wait, wait, no, 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 it's not going to be directed by Paul King. They're making another Willy Wonka remake. Oh, dude, of course not. He's directing the Willy Wonka remake, which I have no interest in, but he's directing it, so now I'm horribly convinced. Yeah, of course they fucking are. Of course What is sacred in this world? What have we learned from Widows but be cynical and that everything is for sale? Fun fact, I the year before the remake came out uh i went as halloween as willy wonka uh it was it wasn't my idea it was my mother's um because we watched that movie and i was like oh yeah i really like that movie and then she's like she's like let's go go as willy wonka and i like didn't know how to say no to my mother at the time so there's a really awkward halloween face uh of me dressed up as willy wonka it's actually genuinely horrifying oh, actually God, i can see that did you wear like yeah. a wig 
Yeah, I did. Oh. I did, but I did. I did like classic Willy Wonka. So I did like uh, Gene. Willy yeah, Wonka, no, that's so. what I'm picturing. You with the yeah, like you're yeah. at like a twinkly eyed, and it just comes off as horrifying. Yeah, yep, it he came off as like, like super horrifying. and. Yeah. And especially just like in the day and age, and there was a lot of like at, at that you know at that point in my high school career, it wasn't high school. I think it was middle school, which is also worse because there was just so many pedo jokes, and it just <laughs> it wasn't a good thing. <laughs> it wasn't it wasn't a good thing for my popularity. Let's not let's not talk about this. I'm done with yeah. Anyways, Willy Wonka, don't go see that. No, okay. Uh... <laughs> I do think they ruined that movie for me. That experience. Yeah. Mm. This is my attempted banter. Oh, this okay. became more okay. serious. Than yeah, I sorry. It was I was movie, really so tripped up for a second. Then, I was, then you said uh, class. I was like, no. Sean, Sean you class. made my most excited movie. Is, uh, I was scared for a moment, Ben. Crazy. You scared me. Yeah, what? Oh, yeah. Fuck glass. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah I'm, I mean, I'm sort curious. of. Uh, man, I'm not. Ex- I'm not gonna lie. I'm not excited. I mean, I'll go see it, and I'm excited to go see it. Uh, but uh, but you like my biggest yeah. curiosity. Yeah, I, 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 I no, that, that can seen, fuck up in I, so I many different ways. Seen Unbreakable oh, for sure. Split, it's just so it's, it's Sam Knight. You know, I have to go yeah. see yeah. Unbreakable now. Unbreakable. Holy fuck! Thanks for that. Ooh. Unbreakable is still a Unbreakable holds the fuck up. It's one of those things I see and I think to my guy to like, what happened? <laughs> like I like, I, I watch Unbreakable and like it, it's I'll, I'll say this: The Sixth Sense doesn't do it for me anymore. But Unbreakable, I go and watch and I'm like, what happened? What do you mean? What <laughs> happened? Like if it's the exception to the rule, be, well, do you mean like what happened in the sense of like what happened after that or what happened? I mean, no, it's it's, it's it's incredibly strong filmmaking. Yeah, it's just very 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 strong so filmmaking. The correct question is like, what went wrong? I don't know. It's 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 one of those he's one of those things I see unbreakable and I think to myself, I I don't understand how this man goes on to make the village or really anything else in his canon. So yeah, maybe you're right. (laughs) There was like a little there it was like angels in the outfield and they were just angels Mm. descended to help him make one movie. I don't know. Whatever. (laughs) Hey, he wrote Stuart Little, so can we is he really all that bad? Really? I mean, can we? From everyone here at the Movie Gang Podcast, (laughs) thanks for listening. Jack's dead. He's going to go watch a happy movie.